Hi, this is Jim Willie from the Hat Trick Letter, found on www.goldenjackass.com, and you are listening to Run to Gold. Welcome back to RunToGold.com podcast. Today we have a special guest with us here, uh, Anthem Blanchard. He's the CEO of Numetra. Hi, Anthem. Hey, Trace. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, you're welcome, and and this is actually, this is the second or third time, I think. Uh, I remember our last interview was really good where we talked about the secret decoder ring uh, with the role that gold plays with uh, performing mental calculations of value, so uh, I'd like to have you back on so we can discuss a little bit about the Internet. Well, thank you again for having me on board, and I'm glad I left a good impression the first time for, for your very attentive audience, so thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's see. So now you're CEO of Numetra. What exactly does Numetra do? That's right. Well, Numetra, we're enabling metering of the Internet, basically auditing and transparency, so that way customers actually get what they pay for in terms of bandwidth. So we're enabling a structure by which throughput can be matched, so supply of bandwidth can actually be matched with the demand usage of bandwidth, which will be a structure that will encourage and uh, and foster new innovation. Right, because oh, and I guess I guess we should let the uh, let the listeners know that I'm actually on the board of advisors for New Metro, so we discuss these right. economic issues uh, every now and then, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, and it's a, it's a good point of disclosure, if nothing else. So. You know, people, they, they just log on to the Internet and they think that, oh, I can just go to this website and I can just download uh, all of this content, and they don't actually understand exactly how the Internet works. So when we're talking about metering the bandwidth, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, basically right now, Trace, the way the Internet is structured, um, you know, the Internet is literally a network of networks, um, so hence the name Internet. So... You have a variety of network carriers out there, you know, everyone from retail network carriers, ISPs, like such as Verizon, AT&T, Comcast, Time Warner Cable, and such. And in essence, um, what, we're, what we're seeing is, you know, a lack of transparency in essence. Um, and the issue is that none of these providers trust one another. Um, and they can't trust one another because there's no visibility onto one another's network. Um, so um, it, it's a bit like a model of a, a, an interstate system, if you will, in which there are no painted lines in some places. kind of uh, reminds me a little bit of going to Cairo and driving on the highways there where people just neglect uh-huh. lines altogether. <laughs> and if you had that experience there, some other third-world locations. Um, and, you know, in essence, in some places, there are just arbitrary lines, and only actually some of the drivers can actually see the line, so to speak. So some traffic gets prioritized over other traffic, and essentially it's at the whim of that network operator. So it's complete administrative rule of law, in essence, on each one of these individual networks in terms of deciding what traffic should be prioritized and what traffic shouldn't. Um, and ultimately, uh, again, this was a fine model when you just had text mostly and, and you know, very low bandwidth intensive type applications. But with the rise of video, with the rise of um, you know, more interactive, massive multiplayer online games, um, you know, very high intensive bandwidth applications, and customers' expectations increasing um, in, in terms of the, the, the value that they're 
obtaining from the Internet, um, it, it, it's putting an exponential type growth on demand. At the same time, I'm sure your readers are probably much more intimately aware than most, we have a, a credit market situation, a, cre- a credit contraction right now, which means going to the bond market or raising capital by issuing more equity has become increasingly more expensive. It, 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 it's another one of these models, these old legacy models that was really built on control of distribution that now is eroding away. Um, and um, again, I guess you could expect you could expect nothing, nothing more from a legacy government-initiated model that which uh, the internet, of course, is derived from. Right. We, we want to make the seeing... internet a commercial application, in essence. And, Sorry, Trace. And, and, and we're also seeing a lot of the uh, the excess capacity that was built during the tech boom. We're seeing that uh, kind of cushion the effects, but eventually we're going to use up a lot of that excess capacity, and then would you call it a bandwidth crunch uh, that, yeah. that might happen? Kind of like a margin call? <laughs> exactly, or, or very much almost like what you can envision kind of what, what capital controls are designed to do from a financial uh, system perspective, right? Being able to have to, re- or having to, I should say, restrict the flow of capital in order to keep the system sustainable, um, or at least uh, survivable, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, it's very similar on the Internet where it'll work, but, you know, that video will just get more and more buffered. The website take longer and longer to load, um, you know, just getting worse and worse gridlock soon, you know, 24-7 in terms of Internet rush hour times. And, and of course, we will want to make sure that websites like federalreserve.gov get high priority and other websites which might have alternative points of view might get lesser priority. Uh, that could well, always happen when you start involving government rationing of these resources. Well, well, that's right, and and, and that's in, that's in fact actually what you're seeing happen to an extent on the internet right now because there's a lack of transparency, a, a lack of consistent terms, and any type of third-party audit vehicle that can actually ensure that you know fair terms of service are applied across the board. Essentially, you have certain entities that are actually uh, obtaining what they call paid peering or a, a privilege priority over one carrier's network. So what we're aiming to do is, is very similar to FedEx in the sense that, you know, if, if I'm Walt Disney, I, I can send FedEx probably cheaper than you or I can just because of the sheer volume, but you and I can still go to FedEx and use that service. We just obtain a retail price instead of a wholesale price. The principle of free riders, people who don't pay but are still, enabled, but are still able to enjoy the benefits, uh, from the expended capital, the internet's kind of really been built on this uh, this free ridership, hasn't it? In the sense that there are a lot of companies out there which free ride uh, off of the expenses that other people have incurred. Well, and again, like any subsidized model, you would expect nothing less. I mean, obviously, again, using an economic example, everyone's familiar with recently the cash for clunkers program that the, uh, the government put out to subsidize car buying. Of course, people are going to go out and take advantage of it because it's a subsidy, you know, in, in essence, being able to lower their cost point through a subsidy. So it, it only makes logical sense from a market standpoint that, you know, the subsidies and inefficiencies will get exploited. Um, so, you know, that that's essentially the issue right now, that there is no rule of law and, therefore, how can you have rights of any sort, let alone try to protect things like IP rights for any individual if you don't even know who the owners are? Um, if there's no transparency, there's no communication 
it, in, in, within the distribution system or within the actual drivers in the distribution system, the, the content producers and syndicators and licensees, licensors, I should say. Which I guess we should uh, point that out, that you, you've actually been in negotiations with uh, a lot of these big content producers like well, I, I, I can't really, because of non-disclosure, I, I can't really go into the detail at this point. Uh, but you know, of the major studios, um, if you if you do consider um, you know, someone like a, a DreamWorks to be major, you know, we've been in we've been in pretty deep discussions with five of the major seven, um, some of the major associations um, revolving around both uh, network carriers as well as content uh, companies and. Some of the the major tier one ISPs around the world, the tier one are known as the kind of the upper echelon in, in ISPs because they only actually have to they all their relationships are peering based, which means it's, it's a barter system because their traffic is so is so immense that they that other networks um, can just partner with them because it's in their best interest. So they're basically like the, the the major wholesale providers you could say over the internet. Uh, for example, YouTube. We see everybody loves to watch the videos on YouTube. Uh, how much would you say the bandwidth costs to watch a, a five-minute high-definition uh, video? How much, how much well, does that bandwidth cost about? You know, I mean, it, it, it really depends on how you look at it because, in essence, um, you know, Google itself now has become, uh, you know, by, by some accounts, the largest ISP in the world in terms of traffic. Um, and so, you know, it, it's very – there is no transparency there, so there's no real way to say how much of a burden, you know, that piece of content is placing on which network, um, no, nor is there really an ability to, to kind of figure out what the cost point is from Google's standpoint. It's a very non-transparent world out there. What I, what I can tell you and what, what, what is known from, you know, our in-depth conversation, some of these ISPs for a number of years now, is that – the, um, the, the capital expenditures that are getting taken on to try to increase capacity are, are actually, you know, much, much larger than the net income that these companies are actually bringing in. Um, so, again, it's, it's an untenable situation. Um, it, it's an extreme amount of load, essentially, that things like torrent applications and, um, you know, applications like best effort video across multiple networks, the strain that is placed, that, that, is, that is placing on network Carrier is immense. You know, again, it, it, it's not a, a net profitable proposition when you, uh, after you take into account all costs. They, if they're not making money, they're not going to be in business unless they get bailed out, <laughs> right? That's, <laughs> well, that's that's right. And you know, then I think we'll just see again the the, the car kind of car analogy. It's like uh, you know, going uh, 500 and then a thousand and then two, three, four, five thousand miles after the car should have been serviced. So. You know, the oil starts sticking, the you know, engine starts smoking, you know, it might get you from A to B, but less and less reliable. And in essence, unless there's a way to basically increase the marginal utility of that bandwidth, then the ISPs essentially are, are, are going to be stuck with an increasingly commoditized product. And the media companies essentially will, uh, and, and any, actually, any producer of, of content, not just major media companies, any independent provider, so they'll, they will not have a way to distribute their content better than a, a, a pirate could, you know, not authorized syndicator of content could. So, you know, again, there, there, you can't you can't protect property rights or, 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 or rights to distribute um, certain content without actually having some some rule of law, some structures in terms of service 
that that are that are transparent and fair. Um, it, it's not possible, and that's what we're seeing today. The effect of that. And this, and this could actually be enforced in a in a voluntary uh, type of system. The distribution of of intellectually created property. Uh, without having to rely necessarily on the the fundamental force that comes from say a copyright or absolutely i mean it, it it's up to it's up to the creator of content you know it, it, it's up to them in essence so if someone saw in their best interest to be able to freely syndicate then that's within their right and obviously you know there there's certain you know ip type laws that we have to uphold to in terms of jurisdiction the few places maybe that the us is still you know very strong in terms of rights is, is really um, intellectual property rights and um so you know again um fair use is is something that you know of course we have to abide by and 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 you know we certainly do but at the same time you know there are a lot of people like yourself that understand that sometimes it's better to give some some things out in in terms of loss leader to ultimately get more cash flow long term. What we're seeing is uh, the newspapers are having a horrendously hard time uh, with having any cash flow, and of course they've got a just a worthless distribution model compared to what's available on the internet. But then sure. you're also seeing music companies coming under increased threat, and now now it's. Uh, you can almost download movies as fast as you were able to download MP3s just a few years ago. And so the movie companies, they're the next ones to come under increasing threat because digital media ultimately wants to be free. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how this shapes up with uh, the Internet service providers being able to generate a profit from extending the capital to lay the fiber and to, and to bring the Internet into people's homes or to uh, broadcast it wirelessly, and then also for the content providers who uh, provide the information and the content that makes the Internet what it is, you know, that well, pretty well, website or that useful website. Yeah, well, well, at the end of the day, again, keep in mind that, you know, a text website, you know, takes up, depending on the, the resolution, you know, every one second of a text website, uh, you know, megabits per second used, you know, it, it's, you know, maybe a hundredth or 200th of, let's say, an HD quality video going through, or even an MP3, let's say. Again, some somewhat lesser quality form of, of audio. I mean, it's still acceptable um, to most. But, you know, again, still fractions in, in terms of the, the bandwidth usage of video or, you know, other, other high-intensive bandwidth applications, again, like online gaming is, is a good example. And obviously the, the creative juices are flowing every day. And, you know, again, with, with an expanding credit market, you know, it was easy enough to basically mask the inefficiencies and the deficiencies in the internet structure. But um, with that combination of you know, new new demand, increasingly new demand, um, people wanting to save costs on their cable, unplugging the cord, so to speak, just going to internet, the kind of strains that people are looking to um, that the system is is incurring now, largely the people being in a savings mentality. Um, it, it's um, it, the, the structure is not sustainable. It's meant for an investment cycle, not a saving cycle. Like Skype, and I wrote I wrote an article about the wicked AT and T that's <laughs> banned the the Skype and the Google Voice applications from the iPhone, and <laughs> uh, and so we're we're seeing the system come under increasing strain because. AT&T, they, they like to whine and cry that they're spending $18 billion building out their network. But at the end of the day, 
iPhone users use a lot of bandwidth, and they pay 80 bucks a month. So, you know, shouldn't they get the service they're paying for? But really, what should the cost of that service be? And well, that's what it's increasingly difficult to figure out because of this lack of transparency in the entire system. That, that's right. And, and, again, I mean, to be a tiny bit fair to AT&T in this case, and I think, you know, you'll see this when, you know, if, if when the iPhone um, starts getting adopted onto other networks, starts seeing similar strains, or just new, new, uh, new PDA type, you know, smartphone devices, you'll see similar strains. And at the end of the day, you know, if, if, if AT&T had a way to match, you know, revenue that was, that was earned from an application, like let's say on Skype when you use a, you know, calling a, a landline phone or, or, or just a, a mobile phone or a phone number of any sort and charging, you know, one cent per, per minute or a few cents per minute if international, um, you know, again, if, 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 if there was a way to basically match um, you know, the, the, the actual supply and demand uh, across multiple networks, then, you know, I think AT&T would want to see as many, you know, new applications that use bandwidth as possible because then essentially in order for that application to survive, it would have to, you know, achieve net profitability or be a loss leader, let's say someone like Google, but, you know, at least being able to have a, a, net, a net positive effect. But instead, when we're able to play our super monkey ball and not have to pay for the cost of that bandwidth in the sense that we're not paying on a metered basis like we do with minutes, but instead get a quote-unquote unlimited amount uh, that just isn't there. You know, it's kind of like socialist Russia. You have sausage for a ruble a link, but there's no sausage. And so we pay $80 a month for bandwidth, but there's no bandwidth. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, when people forget, too, I think, Trace, that, you know, again, it's it's like how much people, you know, the, the normal, the average American pays for cable or satellite subscription. I mean, most Americans, you know, only watch, say, 7 8% of all the channels that they subscribe to, and then maybe only – for, you know, a, a few hours, you know, on, on the kind of higher end of day, you know, per channel. So, um, which I still think is pretty in- incredible, but that is what it is. <laughs> but it, um, so, you know, again, being able to see this trend, we really see it with the under 25s and this the change in the demographic over the last 10, 20 years, um, you know, just not basically never getting cable. And the, oh, yeah. the, the, well, to be able to have HD-type video you get, on satellite and cable, but to only have to pay for what you want to watch, and then more importantly, be able to buy it from a content producer that might not be able to afford to pay Comcast or Charter, you know, half a billion or a billion dollars or hundreds of millions a year for that spectrum. You know, all of a sudden, right, that choice that we get from the text web will come to the video web with the quality that we get from current satellite and cable video distribution. Yeah, and when and when you look at the alternatives now, you can go to the iTunes store and you can buy your favorite TV shows for a dollar ninety nine an episode, or you can pay eighty dollars a month for cable, Comcast or whatever. I mean, how much how much TV do people watch really? I mean, you could buy forty episodes instead of subscribing to cable, <laughs> and yet you're downloading. Uh, that high-definition video, but how are those ISPs adequately getting compensated, uh, the ISPs whose networks you use, and yet we don't uh, have any way of really seeing that because of the lack of transparency in this market? Well, that's the problem. That's the problem, Trace, is that, 
you know, this is really the first time that you've had, you know, a kind of a, a new media form, new media 20th century, let's say, innovations or late 19th century, such as radio or television or cable or satellite. In all of those examples, you've always had the suppliers, whether it's the antenna owner or the cable or satellite owner, you know, basically working in tandem with the content distributor. So there was an alignment there. With the Internet, the way the structure is, is, is set at, the, at present, there is no possibility for such alignment um, because, because there is a lack of communication. Which is good because it allows for a lot of this free uh, Internet in the sense of anyone can uh, write content and distribute it the way they want. I mean, yeah, free choice and free speech, if you will, you know, right. in the sense that uh, anyone now has these these tremendously powerful tools like WordPress, uh, which is blogging software, that they can they can access this free uh, open source software. They can launch a website, but how much is it going to cost when we start moving into a less trans in, into a more transparent cost structure? We don't know, and yet we like to consume our content. <laughs> we like to watch our videos and read our websites and listen to. Uh, our podcasts and things like that. And so it'll be interesting to see how all this shakes out and whether we'll still have this powerful medium uh, for self-expression left over afterwards. Oh, I was just saying, we're starting to see the Internet begin to slow down and crumble relative to other nations. Uh, You look at uh, South Korea, for example, or uh, part of Western Europe, their cell phone networks are running at like 21 megabytes per second where AT&T can't even get the iPhone up to, up to one megabyte a second on their 3G. I mean, it's ridiculous. We're supposed to be this great first world country, and yet uh, there are a lot of other uh, countries out there which have far superior uh, Internet and telecommunications available to their common citizens. And it's kind of like our bridges that are falling down. Our Internet infrastructure is falling down also. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's it's falling down. And again, some of these you know, other, some of those jurisdictions or those geographical regions that you mentioned, you know, a lot of them have the luxury of having a lot of high population, high density population centers very close to one another. You know, basically a lot of you know high per capita GDP in a pretty densely populated area. So obviously the U.S. is a pretty expansive geographical geographical area. So you know, in essence, I mean, my my purpose uh, trace is. You know, I recognize that, you know, in, in the U.S. And, and often around the world, because of kind of a lack of, of education or miseducation, you know, 90% of individuals in the U.S., you know, roughly, in my estimation, obtain the, the, the majority of their knowledge from a video source and not by reading, not by reading a blog, not by text. And, sure, there are applications like YouTube and Viddler and websites like that where you, you can obtain video content. At the same time, for better or worse, I also believe that we live in a world that's 90% perception-based. So if one video doesn't have the same quality as, let's say, that you know, HD newscast that you're able to get on your, from your satellite feed, you know, on, uh, for better or worse, obviously I think worse, um, you know, you know, truth uh, it ends up not winning out over perception. That means 90% of the time people will tend to believe what has the best perception quality, what has the best video quality. So this, in my mind, actually – you know, it's it, it's a net positive thing for uh, freedom of choice and freedom of expression and, and getting you know that message heard. 
through more effective communication that the vast majority of at least Americans can relate to. And I think we're going, we're going to see huge changes, uh, creative destruction in a lot of under, other industries like education, for example. Uh, you know, you've kind of hit on this, but uh, with college professors now, they could just have their, their lectures, video on the Internet, which Yale does for a lot of their classes. You, you, can, you can get a Yale education over the Internet now. <laughs> you can go and watch the classes just online. Now, you don't get your, your sheepskin, <laughs> which is where Yale still has their brand and they're able to charge their tens of thousands of dollars per semester. But we also have places like the Khan Academy, where he, I think he's got two science degrees from MIT and a Harvard MBA, and he teaches subjects ranging from chemistry to differential equations to banking. And, I mean, these are high-quality videos where he uh, succinctly teaches people all of these different subjects for free. Wow. And so, wow. I mean, it's, it's amazing the opportunity that the Internet gives uh, in terms of educating people. And I think it is with the video that we're going to see uh, this education really become available for the masses at a very low price uh, compared to the traditional distribution models, uh, like going to a college and sitting in a seat and paying tens of thousands of dollars. Because uh, at the end of the day, what value are those professors really adding? when right. you can distribute it in a much more efficient medium, both as regarding the cost and geography and things like that, so in time. Uh, so, it's yeah, I mean, we're going, I think we're going to continue seeing a lot of change in not just the Internet, but in a lot of our industries out there. <laughs> and, 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 and I just wanted to, before I, I let you go, and thank you again for all of the time that you've, uh, you've given me and your time, Trace, it's appreciated. And before I go, I just wanted to just to say a little something to the listeners um, in that, you know, I know uh, right now, obviously, people are uh, kind of very uh, doldrums and things are getting worse and worse and worse. But, um, you know, kind of where I'm looking at things right now, you know, at least uh, if maybe I can be a bit of a beacon of light, um, so to speak, and that, you know, I, I see on we're on the edge, I believe, of a new renaissance period here, a new renaissance of expression. And, um, and, and, and I think it's actually quite exciting. So I think, uh, you know, there are enough people that are motivated and really, you know, do recognize that in order for things to change, then, you know, we have to do things in new ways. And that takes work. It takes time, patience, persistence, planning, passion, purpose. Um, and, you know, we're coming across a corner here, I think, that if we can, you know, just keep keep those P's in mind, then um, in a few more years, I think things will be a lot rosier than they're being made out to be uh, today, or indeed they are today. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people, I think we, we, we just have so much negativity coming from the current press out there that people do need to just unplug it and enjoy life a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and and also and also the role that sound money plays in the creation of this brave new world that we'll be moving into. Uh, I know your father; he was really active in uh, restoring the rights of sound money for Americans uh, out there waving his gold bar in his wheelchair <laughs> until they uh, made it. Until we got the laws uh, changed that allowed Americans to to own this dangerous yellow metal so <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it is exciting to see these changes that are that are coming about and and i i also agree with you i think that 
that we've got this new medium that allows for distribution and education on such a wide basis at such a low cost. And that increased investment or that increased human capital that will result from it uh, will lead to uh, even more advances and, and even more uh, change that goes on with humanity. And, and it will just continue speeding up. So uh, this, it's a very exciting time. To be in. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself. So I guess I'll leave it at that. So thank, thank you again, Trace, for for the time and, and for the opportunity to appear on your show. You've been listening to the RunToGold.com podcast. This was episode fifty-one. This is John Rubino from DollarCollapse.com, and you're listening to Run to Gold.